Hey, everybody, this is Joel Johnson, and this is a real special uh, podcast in the Rainmaker Evolution podcast series. I've got two uh, guests that are in our group, and I think you're going to be real excited to hear how they've been doing. Uh, I think this podcast will energize you. I think it will encourage you, and it will also help you maybe filter out all the information that you received over the last year and, and help you focus on um, the things that are, that are really, really important. Uh, before we start, I do want to do a little disclaimer here and make sure that uh, everyone on this podcast understands that the advice given and the experiences by myself, by Ryan and Tyson Thacker, are our own experience. Uh, you are responsible for your own compliance. Uh, Advisors Excel or myself or Ryan and Tyson uh, have no responsibility or bear no responsibility for you taking something that we say and not running it by your compliance attorneys and the powers that be that regulate you. So um, please be very careful in what you do in uh, the environment we live in. We want to make sure we're not saying anything wrong. And also, uh, none of this is meant to be financial advice. It's meant to be internal for producers only. With that said, um, we are now uh, – we're in the second half of the year. We're in the second half of the year, and some of you have seen tremendous progress in some of the ideas that you've implemented from our group. Um, we've learned from each other, which I think has been one of the awesome things about this group. And we've also uh, struggled together. We've struggled to implement some things. Uh, our staff has probably had a hard time in a few cases dealing with some of the ideas that we come back with. But that's all part of business growth. Um, the reason I wanted Ryan and Tyson Thacker to do this podcast with us is because they have not only had some tremendous success in our business and this year in particular, but they are they come from other businesses outside of our business. And one of the neat things about my experience is learning from people outside our business. I think if there's a piece of advice I can give you, get outside of our business and get some advice, study other businesses and so on. So Ryan and Tyson, both very successful business people before they came into financial services, now just doing a killer job in their hometown of Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, Ryan and Tyson, why don't you guys just introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we've got some important topics to discuss here. Joel, it's great to be uh, here. This is, uh, this is Ryan, and uh, we've been really excited to be part of the, the Rainmaker Evolution Group, and we just want to first of all say Thank you very much. Um, just looking at the leaderboard right now, congratulations. You're back on top, number one, Joel. How does that feel? Uh, it feels great, but I feel like I'm – you know how a cat doesn't want to kill the mouse because that ends the fun? They just kind of want to bat it around the room. Uh, that's what I think <laughs> – that's what I think my buddy Charlie Schnell uh, out of Georgia is, is doing to me right now. And by the time this airs, I hope I'm still on, on the number one spot. <laughs> well, it's been congratulations on a fantastic year. It's been fun watching you, and we appreciate the opportunity just to be able to rub shoulders with you. Uh, Tyson and I are, are brothers. We've been business partners, we say, since elementary school. We used to buy atomic fireballs for five cents, sell them for ten. Um, and we just we shared a bedroom together. We used to uh, just love to scheme and figure out how we can uh, help other people get what they want, and that would always help us get what we wanted. So um, just really, uh, you know, a little bit of background. Like you mentioned, we are from Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, we absolutely are passionate about this business. Um, we've had success, uh, like you mentioned, in other industries. Uh, the mortgage industry, we helped uh, take a company from one office to 22 offices, and then um, they were sold to a national company. That company now does over a billion dollars a year uh, in loans. Um, took that knowledge, leveraged it into the real estate world, and had tremendous success there. 
and uh, also had some tremendous failures, just like anybody uh, else. And and uh, you know, we're we're actually thankful for our failures that have taught us to uh, a lot of great life lessons. And uh, and then this run uh, here in the financial services world, it's been just fantastic. And so we hope we can share uh, some some great things today. And you know, just like you mentioned, every event we've been to. Um, we feel like we receive a whole lot more uh, at these events than uh, than we give, and so we appreciate this opportunity, Joel, to be able to give back and share some of the things that have helped us. Well, well, great. Thanks for that, um, Tyson. Do you want to say anything? Uh, probably just to add to that that we're really big on abundance and and making sure that um, we share with one another. One of the unique things that we feel like that we have as a as a possible competitive advantage and that, that we would tell people to do within the Rainmaker Evolution Group would be um, that we have, during our lunch hour every day, we have a, a meeting where we drill down into what's happening and, and what's good and what's bad and, and uh, what we need to do that's corrected. And so, we, you know, not everybody has brothers that can bounce stuff off of each other in the same room, but you definitely can reach out to those in, in Rainmaker and, and make that happen uh, by, by working together. Yeah, and I, man, I love that. It just made me think of something. You know, this, this, the more successful we get in our businesses, the more isolated we are. I mean, people just cannot, you know, nobody in my neighborhood, and I don't live in one of these neighborhoods with the massive 12,000 square foot homes or anything. I, you know, Wendy and I live in the same neighborhood we have for, for 11 years, and it's, it's where we raised our kids, and, and we like it. But I can't go to my neighbor and talk about <laughs> they, they, they won't be, be able to relate. I mean, what am I, I going to tell them? We're trying to increase our business by, by 50% this year, and if we don't, it, it, it just – so the, the more successful we get, the more it is important to have a network of people that are your peers, not maybe your exact peers, but your peers from an emotional level and a spiritual level that can relate to the struggles that you go through, and also in some ways your financial peers. But the issue is that the more financially successful we get, there's less and less peers. Sometimes our peers are across the country. They're not right next to us. So I'm glad you guys said that because one of the reasons that I've benefited so much from coaching groups I've been over the last uh, in over the last 12 years is because I get in a room and all of a sudden I understand what people are talking about and they understand what I'm talking about. And I don't always have that, whether it's at my church or, uh, you know, going out to dinner with friends and so on. This can be a lonely business. So I'm really glad you said that. No question. So um, one of the things I thought we could talk a little bit about is, you know, you guys, you guys are, are sharp business people, both of you. You're, I like the way you think just in the conversations that we've had, um, your ability to scale businesses in the past, learning from your mistakes, um, just what you've said so far in this podcast. Can you talk about or can you identify anything that you were thinking wrong about before joining the Rainmaker Group? And, and maybe wrong is the wrong word, but um, something that you were thinking a certain way before joining the Rainmaker Group and your thinking has shifted, something sort of knocked you on the head during one of the sessions or in a conversation um, during the break, and you're thinking in a way that's much different and that you'll think will really help you propel into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes you, you get in this business, I'd call it a groove, and, and you start to think that some things are not working very well or one thing's working better, and it's, I call it more of a gut feeling. Um, one of those for us was workshops. Um, to be honest with you, Tyson and I have young families, and so we looked at workshops, and, and 
we kind of had a bad attitude about it. Um, before coming to the Rainmaker Revolution Group, we had we were doing uh, one mailer two nights. Uh, we have a big radio uh, presence that we do uh, here in our local market, and we liked radio. And and so when it came to workshops, we were honestly just doing it to do it. Um, so we had a public presence. We could say that we were doing workshops. And Tyson and I, you know, it's, uh, just having young families, it's couple nights that were away from our families and so we kind of had a bad attitude about it well as we went to the the first group there in in Dallas and and Joel you asked us okay let's look at our our ROI um, on our different marketing channels and uh, I was sitting in there and I had the I had our financials with us while you were talking about it and while you were talking and, and measuring I started to run the different ROIs on our um, on our marketing channels and when I got to workshop um, I was shocked um, the reason why I was shocked is because our ROI on workshop is 6.2. And uh, I was like, I, I tapped Tyson on the shoulder, and I'm like, look at this. So you know, $6.2 $6. you get back for every dollar you spend. Exactly. And so I was like, Tyson, our workshop ROI is a 6.2. And, and we kind of chuckled about it, but, um, you know, we, we sat there and looked at it, and we're like, why are we not doing more workshops? You know, one of the things you said is, hey, if something's working, just do more. That has completely changed our attitude. Don't you think, Tyson? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, uh, we looked at it and we're like, why are we spending all this money here when we're so successful in, the, in these other parts of the business? Let's just do more of that. But then we looked at that return and we're like, no, we need to keep this going and we need to change our own attitude about how we feel about it. So on the next lunch break, we uh, texted our marketing director and we said, okay, we want to add another workshop uh, which we've done, and uh, and then the other thing that we we did in the second uh, workshop, you said, hey, if something's working, just do more of it, and hey, if the numbers aren't what you want it, just add more. And so what we did is we increased uh, in that second workshop, uh, we increased our, our mailers from seven thousand to ten thousand. So now we're mailing twenty thousand pieces, doing another workshop, and uh, you know it's been. Uh, what we decided to do too is we looked at a little strategy. We kind of looked at some numbers, and uh, the time we had one office, and we said, "Hey, there's this little, there's a county that's just a little bit out of our reach. It's one of those areas where people don't want to uh, drive down to our corporate office." And so we said, "Why don't we open up a, a, a branch office in this location, which we did, uh, and started running workshops up there? It's been fantastic. It's been a big piece." And we actually decided to do that after the first. Uh, time we met with the Rainmaker Evolution Group, we actually had decided originally we weren't going to grow to another office this year. We were going to just drill down into what uh, our focus uh, we had decided for 2015 was going to be. But after that uh, that first meeting, Joel, when when you talked about you know keep doing what you're doing well, we recognized that we were doing a lot of marketing well and that we were not uh, giving ourselves the opportunity to talk to those folks. And that that would be an immediate boost to our business that, that we really weren't taking advantage of. We were having about uh, 50 leads uh, a month that we were not talking to because the people didn't want to come meet with us. And, and so it's really given us a, a nice boost to our business that way. Well, and one of the things, too, is sometimes you, you think if you're listening to this call and think, oh, my gosh, open another branch office, send out more mailers. Uh, we opened up that branch office for $300 a month. What we did is we took some, some of Joel's advice and we went and um, we negotiated with a title company that we had done a lot of work with in the past. And, we, and they had a, a conference room and an office that they weren't using. 
300 bucks a month, we opened up a branch office and um, that, that one single, that combined with another move, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, in the first 90 days from implementing, that's $5 million in premium that's come from the result of those, those moves right there. That, that's fantastic. That's amazing. And I'm just, you know, as you were talking, I was kind of just ticking off a few things that are just so key that, that are really the differences between people that, that have huge growth and other people that just have incremental growth. So, so you implement it from the time you heard something to the lunch break is what I heard you say. You, you, you texted your marketing person and immediately implemented more workshops. And you, you've gone from about seven to 10,000 mail pieces per month to 20,000 per month. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, do you feel like you're working? Do you, do you guys feel like you're working twice as hard? No way. Not at all. So, so that's pretty incredible. So you've doubled the marketing. You don't feel like you're working twice as hard. And I get the feeling that your attitude is a bit, is a little bit different towards workshops. Is that correct? <laughs> No question about it. Now, let you me know, ask you something. Were you guys both doing the work? Were you both showing up at the workshops? No. What we do, again, part of the unique advantage to Ryan and I uh, both uh, feeling like we're, we're pretty equally yoked is, and, and comparable to one another is that we would each take one workshop night um, so that only one of us would have to be out of the home, and then we had some of our other staff. Uh, be there with us and and have one of our associated advisors introduce us. So, you know, it wasn't very hard for us to um, go and and start another workshop because, uh, you know, it only gave us each one more night a month that we were going to be out of our homes. Did you guys have to add any other staff to support the additional flow of appointments or were people able to grow into that? We just we just became more efficient, and they were able to grow into that. So we haven't added any staff based off of that. We do have we did hire one new associate advisor, and that really brings up the the next piece um, that uh, we wanted wanted to talk about that we kind of changed our, our philosophy. You know, great. Yeah, let's get into that. If that's a if that's a thinking change and a philosophy change, let's let's keep talking about that. Okay. So you know, we would we would go to journeys, and we would see uh, different. Uh, companies uh, out there that were our peers that were hiring associate advisors and, and we were just we would we would be flying home and be sitting on the plane and be talking about we think we can do a better we think that we can just continue to add more appointments kind of going back to that uh, more more business equals less freedom kind of a thing um, that nobody does it better than us and so uh, we really had the mindset that associate advisors really don't work, that the model was kind of broken and we didn't see a model that worked. Um, and then uh, because of what you did opening your practice and, and showing us you know, how you do it, and, and it's amazing to me that you're not really meeting with, with many people at all anymore because of, I mean, we, we looked, when, when we came to Advisors Excel two years ago, you were talking on the stage um, at the event that we went to in Chicago. Game changer. Game changer. Um, about wanting to add associate advisors. And then fast forward two years now to Rainmaker Evolution, and you've got five associate advisors. We looked at each other um, after, after all the role play that, that happened in Chicago uh, at our last event in June and said, this is what we need to do. And we actually talked quite a bit about it after the first one um, of the year, and, and we looked through a group of, of people that we know and trusted. We ended up hiring a guy 
in April um, that, that we was our first official associate advisor. Well, I think it's important to talk about that just from another implementation thing, this was the first event in February in Dallas in that dome crazy place. The biodome. The, 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 the biodome. Bio that is a scary place. <laughs> but on, on the second night, um, we went to dinner by ourselves because um, we were like, okay, let's implement some things. And, and we had, our mind was just like on fire. And we were like, okay, so we've increased, we're going to expand an office. Who are we going to bring in there as an associate advisor? And I think, you know, this is just, uh, I, we, we believe that when you take action, that things start to happen around you. Um, and, and so we made that first decision, look, we're going to scrap our 2015 business plan of not opening an office. We're going to open an office. We're going to support this with, with the mailers that we're doing. And we got that going to lunch. Well, at dinner on the second night, we went to dinner by ourselves and we're like, okay, who of all the different networks, who can we talk about? We threw all these different names around and we picked one name. His name's Brandon Olson. And we said, hey, we need to call Brandon. I had seen him at a, at a basketball game um, about 30 days before. And I'm like, hey, why not call Brandon, see what he's doing, see how things are going. We had worked with him in the real estate world before. He, we had known him for 20 years. We, we get along with him really well. We trust him a lot. He's a good sales guy, but he doesn't want to be the owner. He wants to just run in a track. And so I'm like, I'm going to call him. I pick up the phone right now and I'm like, hey, Brandon, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, hey, I'm in, uh, I'm in, uh, we're, we're in a meeting right now in, in Dallas, Texas, and we're looking at expanding and we want to have some conversations. And he says, this is so crazy that you call because I'm just in the middle of a transition right now. So we're like, this is lining up way too perfect. Um, we, that was February. We kind of talked back and forth in March. We had him in our office and we're training him as an associate advisor starting in April. Um, he's now, um, he's, he's up there uh, in the office. He's closed now um, as an associate advisor over a uh, million dollars in premium that we've never had to sit with those people. We've never had to talk to those people. And it's like, it's like, elect it's like electricity. It's so exciting. In, in fact, when we were over in Italy and, and just this last week, I've been out of the office until today, um, all from Monday to Thursday. And um, multiple times when we were in Italy and, and then this week, um, we've talked about the fact that, isn't it amazing that we've got another advisor who's still closing business while we're out of out of, out of the office and doing things that we need to do, whether it's family or with our church or whatever it is, so that so that we really do have more time freedom. You know, going back, Joel, to what you just said, do you feel like you're working any harder? No, we're actually we've taken more vacation this year than we've taken in most of our career ever, and so it's made a huge difference in our lifestyle as well. And I think that's such a valid point because I I think if there are a lot of people out there that say I don't want to grow and. I believe, I firmly believe that a lot of guys that say that, like ladies and gentlemen that say that, are really not being honest with themselves. It's not that they're trying to deceive themselves, but I think what the root of that is because what is in their preconceived, what is in their, what is in their mind and the preconceived idea of what growth looks like, that it looks like more chaos, it looks like less control, it looks like less freedom. 
It looks like more headaches. It looks like they're going to be on vacation and be interrupted all the time and having to be checking email. And that's what they equate to growth because that's what their life is like now and they've had enough. And so they've just decided, okay, I'm just going to stop right here. If I just do this, I can do this for another 10 or 15 years and then just retire. And I'm convinced that that's what goes on when people say they don't want to grow. You know, there's people that brag about well, I only see four new people a week because we screen them all out. I, I'm, I, I think, just think there's a lot of psychological things going on in the back of producers' minds that you guys are really nailing here, which are the preconceived ideas you had before taking action, and then what happens when you, when you take action and, and the freedom that can come. And a big part of what you're not saying is you guys are trusting other people. When you go on vacation and you're relaxed and you know things are happening at the office, what's not being said there is that you have to trust other people. You have to sort of expect people not to do things exactly like you would do them, and that's got to be okay. Because if you're going to run a big business and you're going to grow and create freedom, other people and other personalities are going to do things their way, and you've just if everybody has the same mission and the same results in mind, then it might not work perfectly the way you think, but it's going to create a lot of freedom. So I just think there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying here. I want to go back also to something else, and I'm not sure which one of you said it, but you talked about taking action. You believe in taking action quick. I'm a huge believer in taking action quick, understanding that when I take action, sometimes I'm going to make mistakes. But what happens when you take action as a business owner is there's a tremendous amount of momentum that takes place, Things happen that you never would have thought happened, and what my coach calls strategic byproducts happen, where you go to open another office, for instance, and all of a sudden you might find another advisor you weren't even looking for, or you might find out that there's a whole other way of marketing in that territory just because you opened another office that you couldn't see before you opened that office. You know, Google, Google AdWords was a byproduct. That was not even a business model. Google AdWords was sort of invented by a mistake that happened when somebody was trying to make search better at Google. And Google AdWords now, I think, is the number one revenue generated of that company. But had they not been taking momentum and trying to make search better and trying to reinvent things and move forward and be be innovative and so on, this accidental invention of AdWords would never have taken place. Now, obviously, that's a huge company. But that's happened time and time again in our company. So I'm glad to hear you guys say that, that taking action is so important. There's so much hesitancy. Sometimes we want to say, oh, well, let's budget it out. Let's see if we can pay for this. And let's, I mean, it's important. I'm not trying to tell you to be irresponsible business owners, those of you that are listening to us here. But there's just a lot to be said for just taking action. Now, you can't take action if you're a slave to sitting at your desk all the time. You've got to also create some breathing space within your business. Right, guys? Yeah, you got to stay in sequence. And one of the things you, you brought up, you brought up quick start. Um, Joel, you introduced us to the Colby testing, and um, you also introduced us to uh, 10X talk and, and I love marketing. Um, but I want to talk about Colby here for a second. Um, when we were, I, I loved when we all showed up and we had these numbers on our chest, right? And I mean, we had no idea what they meant. No, I, they're like they're like checking everyone's numbers out. What do they mean? And 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 here's what's interesting is, uh, Joel, I believe you're a high quick start, right? Your third number. What's your third number? I'm, I'm a nine. You're a nine, so you're a high quick start. My number is a five. What's your number, Ty? My number is a four. So we're not quick start people. What? But but here's what's interesting. Our our implementer column, which is the is the number four, Tyson's number is a three, and my number is a two. Um, we we are not, you know, when we talk about taking action, 
we take a lot of act action, but we're actually in that implementer. That's our strength uh, that we feel like uh, we like to watch. We use, uh, you know, like Rainmaker Evolution, uh, Advisors Excel as a whole. We use those as our quick start. We love being around people that are bringing new ideas. Generani. Yeah, Generani. You know, these people that would just like, hey, take action. But we like to have action that we take that's on a proven track. It's on a model because we, we feel like, hey, if we can get on this proven track, and we can then just magnify it and leverage through our contacts. Our implementer number, uh, you know, it at two, the, the gift that we have from a unique ability is we can, we can see things before they're a physical reality. So we can, you know, that's why by lunch we're okay with just going ahead and ordering because, Joe, I was sitting there listening to you and you're like, yeah, I'm going to have $10 million in revenues and we're going to be over $150 million in assets. I don't have to see that from my firm. I can borrow your belief and I can say, okay, he's already doing it. He's running on that track. So and that becomes the new goal for us that we want to we get to. And, and how do we do it? And, and what do we implement next to make it happen? So fire and we'll, think, we'll tweak and refine it down. Let's go ahead and pull the trigger. And uh, we don't have to have it completely built out in a model. I think some people struggle with that is, you know, they want to see this perfect model, right? They want to have it completely perfect before they take action on it. That's our unique ability. We, we know, um, you know, and we've just been blessed to be around a lot of really great things like that, and we feel like we're in the middle of one right now. But what the great thing about this is, too, with the Colby test, is that everybody has that unique ability. Everybody has a gift that they're good at. And, and what really needs to happen as you look at your Colby test is, the areas where, you, where you're not as strong, all you need to do is look for those individuals or mentors or, or whatever the case may be that are going to help that they have those strengths. That's what Ryan and I have recognized through the Colby test more than ever. We kind of instinctually had already done it before we took the Colby test, but this has really given us the ability to see clearly um, how, how and why we've grown the way we've grown and what to continue to drive home, looking at what our strengths are and then building around us where our weaknesses are. Yeah, the, Col the Colby is just an awesome tool for, for the whole company. We have everybody at our company takes a Colby. Uh, when we're about to hire somebody, before we hire them, we, we take them a Colby. We really want to make sure that we're not asking somebody to do a job that they could probably do well but is just against their personality and their makeup. We want people yep. doing jobs that are right on when it comes to their personality. And it's interesting that you guys are four and five quick starts. You've got enough quick start in you to not prevent things because people that are real low quick start, like one, two, and three, they're what we call preventers. They want to slow the company down. You know, yep. they're worried about something. Something's going to go wrong. You guys haven't thought something through. You guys got to slow down. That's their. But, so you're not super high quick start like I am. You're right in the middle, which is very, very conducive to building businesses that need systems to work. And you guys probably, my guess is you have a pretty good eye for systems and structure, which is why you were able to build that mortgage company up like, like you said you did. And yet you've got enough quick start where you're not bogged down in the – you don't have to see the perfect picture before you move forward. And, and that's awesome. And my guess is, you know, if you Colby your other staff people, you're going to find some people that are like you, some people that are real short quick starts, and some people that are long quick starts. And it's great when you begin to build your – have your staff doing things that they're – we've got a guy, Brian, who you guys have met. Yeah. Uh,
actually changing his role at the company because of, number one, because he's been working with me for 15 years. I want to keep him fresh because he's a real key guy for me. He's one of my key leadership team people. Um, But also he has a Colby that is a perfect project manager Colby. And a project manager is somebody that can sort of interface between a quick start person like me and the people that just don't want to do the same job every day, very structured. And that project manager can take on big projects. We're going through a managed money project right now where we want to really look at how we're doing our managed money business. And if we were five or ten times bigger than we are right now, would we be doing it the same way? He's the perfect guy for that project because he'll slow me down enough where I won't just get all enamored with some system and jump into it, but he'll move forward enough where the people that are scared of the change will will follow him because they trust that he's sort of a buffer with me. So Colby is just an awesome thing. And the the more and more you understand Colby, um, the more I just think – I don't want to say it's the best because, you know, there are other things, Myers-Briggs and DISC and so on, but it's simple enough for me to build my staff around that Colby test and their jobs around that Colby test. Well, and if people um, want to get more in-depth into the Colby, on the 10X uh, podcast, there's a brand new one that just came out in the last couple of weeks that uh, Dan and, and Joe interviewed Kathy Colby just invaluable and Ryan and I have a tendency to listen to those podcasts while we're exercising in the mornings or in the evenings whatever our schedule is for the week and um, it just gives a lot of clarity around this right and and there that Colby that you had us take Joel um, Kathy Colby actually goes through if you'll go back those who are listening will go back and find the results they got from Brianna Um, Kathy Colby actually walks you through with her and tells you the strength of your different uh, area. It's amazing. I'd recommend yeah. everyone do that as well. Not only that, but I would recommend everybody, you can buy a disc. They, now they probably figured out a way to do a download now, but I have a, a CD of my, what they call my I forget, strategic advantage or something like that. And mine is innovator. And so based on the way your Colby comes out, you, you know, she talks for about 10 or 15 minutes on, it just kind of goes deeper into what you should avoid, the way you should work, that it's okay who you are, here's who you need around you, and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's it's really good stuff. Hey, guys, let's talk a little bit about, and you've already talked about some wins this year, but let's kind of keep on that theme if we could and talk about, you know, a few big wins, two, three, four big wins this year that um, you think not only – are maybe huge boosts for your confidence and your team's confidence, but things that you can really build upon going out into the future. So one of the other um, marketing uh, streams that we added this year, and we are we have this in the plan before coming to Rainmaker, but uh, we implemented it uh, starting in May, and that was adding TV. Now, we haven't added a TV show. We've added 60-second uh, TV spots, and that's just been phenomenal for us. Um, this is the other. This is the other combination. So the three big things we've done from a marketing side were uh, adding the additional workshop, opening up another branch office, and then adding TV. Uh, TV. Uh, what we found that's been very interesting on it is, you know, on a 60-second TV spot, we're able to do a call to action. And um, from a credibility standpoint, the clients that have come in from TV, we've now closed. Uh, 1.8 million dollars off of TV uh, since May, and it's we've got more appointments that are building in. Um, it's they come in and they're like, the 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 credibility factor is what I'd really call it. They're like, 
I saw you on TV, so what do I need to do? Um, it, it's just a separator uh, that's been really good for us. And or, or sometimes somebody will even hear us on the radio and then see us on TV, and so it's a complement to each other that, that they're hearing us multiple places, and so it creates this this huge, uh, you know, uh, place that these people are hearing us from and, and knowing that, oh, this is somebody we can trust because there's multiple channels I'm hearing them from. So yeah, TV is, TV is huge from a credibility standpoint. It's also a differentiator. Very few people will do TV. Very few people will, will write the check to do TV. And then of those that do TV, some of them just shouldn't be on TV. So <laughs> you know, if, if you can do it well, you can come across – I mean, you, one of the things that works for you guys is when I talk to you, I get the sense that you're comfortable in your own skin, you're genuine – my guess is you're the same way with clients as you are when we're having a conversation at, at one of the groups. And and that is such an asset. If if people are comfortable with who they are, they're sincerely trying to help somebody else, that comes through. And media amplifies that. Just like media amplifies the car dealer that's screaming at you through the TV screen about the deal of the week and, and people get turned off because that media is amplifying that person's personality – when you have a trustworthy, sincere, humble personality and you're relaxed and people don't feel like you're a pushy person, TV is just going to amplify that. TV, the truth, most of the time will come through that TV set. And so now t- tell me how you guys structured that. So are you just, you're just, you're buying spots. Did you produce the spots to the TV station? Just give us like 60 seconds on how it's structured because I think this is of interest to a lot of people and not a lot of people can can get the deal that I got, and not a lot of people want to do the half-hour show. So talk a little bit about this, because I think this would be a help for people considering this. We just looked for a a firm that could help us to build those spots out. Again, going back to the, we knew it wasn't going to be perfect to start out with, um, and we knew that we didn't have the skill set to necessarily do that, so we wanted to reach out to somebody who knew that business. So we got somebody to produce the spot for us. You know, We came up with some ideas that we thought would be good in our market, but then we let them produce it. And um, we do we do radio spots a couple of times a month um, on a weekly basis. So we'll we'll do ad buys and and they'll uh, go one week and then we'll have a week off and then another week on. So Tyson, let's talk a little bit about one thing that Tyson and I are um, we we really try to do is we try to let those who are very good in their area be very good for us. And what I mean by that is. Um, you know, sometimes I watch, I'll sit in, in, in these groups and I'll listen to people talk about what they're doing to their radio people or, or to their advertising people and they're, you know, nitpicking them, telling them the way they should do it better. Tyson and I, we, what we do is we try to find the very best in some, in, in some field and then we say, what would you do? What would you recommend? Um, for example, one of the, on TV, um, one of the things that we said was we said, we do not want our face on TV. We don't. We don't want to show our bald heads and our fat faces on TV. <laughs> and, and so when the recommendation came back for the spots, uh, the TV guy's like, um, I absolutely refuse to not show your face on TV. Just because of what you just said about we look genuine, we feel when people talk to us, they, they feel comfortable with who we are. They can trust us. And he said, you guys are very believable. Your pictures are very believable. Let's use that to your advantage. So we, we talk them down to a little spot. We, right at the end of they they've got a they've got a picture of us um, on there, and actually I think that's been the game changer. Um, 
not our faces. <laughs> it's, it's not any beauty contest. It's just listening to, to the people who are good at what they do and, and, and following their advice. Yep, been great. Interesting. Very interesting. Thank you. How, how, how many times a week are you guys running spots and, and what kind of, uh, uh, is, is it a call to action for an appointment? Is it a giveaway? What are you doing there? It's a giveaway. Um, right now, uh, we're doing a, a free analysis um, that, that they can, you know, uh, learn how to have income for life. Um, and, and then we have our team follow up with them to get an appointment where we meet with them. Okay, so you're offering something very similar to what we're doing, I, I think. Um, we're, our, our format is different, but something nice that somebody can call in or go on a website and ask for, you send it out, and then they go into some type of a, of a is, it a, is it a hard sales funnel? Like, does your staff try to call and go for the appointment right away, or is it more a relationship-building thing? Did you get that? Can we help you at all? How would you describe yeah. the sales process? So the sales process, what they're doing is we have two uh, internal – uh, very similar to your appointment setters, Joel, that they'll reach out, hey, thank you for requesting this free special report. And uh, then it's just a conversation that uh, leads them into, hey, we can do a lot of other things to help you, uh, you know, prepare for retirement and uh, let's set up an appointment. So that's the that's the, the uh, process that it works through. And the goal is to get them in face-to-face and be able to have a conversation with them and, and uh, help them uh, see how we can be of value to them. So just for everybody that's listening, let's just be real clear here. So you doubled the workshops, you opened another office, you went on TV. I know you're already doing radio spots because you've given me a couple suggestions on that. I appreciate that. By the way, guys, if you're not talking to other people in the Rainmaker group, you know, I am to get ideas. So uh, you, you need to be doing that. So radio was already in place. TV, double the workshops open the branch office and you guys feel like you have more freedom now than you did before. And then, uh, yeah. And, and the other thing is hired an associate advisor. Hired an that. associate advisor. Fantastic. Yeah, we, we definitely feel like that all of those have been huge wins and, and really given us um, some great time freedom that we didn't have before. Do you guys work? How many hours a week do you think you, you work? Not not counting like you know checking your email at ten thirty at night if you do that, but yeah. like do you take do you take you you do work if you do a workshop this week, will you take an afternoon off or will you still pretty much be at the office eight thirty to four thirty or something like that? Yeah, this came from from Jenna uh, and you know just the whole thing of free days, focus days, buffer days. Um, our our schedule, Tyson and I get in the office at seven thirty in the morning. And from 7.30 to 9 in the morning, that is our downtime. That's when everyone knows they do not come into our office. And we our leave staff. our house so that our, our kids and family aren't interrupting us, our staff's not interrupting us. It's just us doing personal study and business study. And we do 45 minutes of a spiritual study. That's what kicks our day off. And then we do 45 minutes of business study. Um, and then we have appointments from 9 until 11.30. Uh, we go... Uh, to lunch, Tyson and I both together. This is where we download ideas off of each other. Hey, this is what I was thinking. This is what I read this morning. This is what I listened to this podcast. Or, and we talk about it. Uh, that's an hour. And then we do appointments. We're out of the office every day um, by 5.30. In fact, in, in our previous life um, in the mortgage business, we did a little bit of an informal study. Um, we at, at that type of time in our business when we were younger in the business we used to take night appointments and 
um, weekend deployments and that type of thing. So we, we decided to keep track of uh, how many of those appointments at night and on weekends were actually going to um, application, making us actual money. And we recognized at that point, after we spent a couple of months monitoring that, that hardly any of those people actually made us money. And so many, many years ago, we decided we're going to be out of the office by 530 every day. And we're professionals, just like a doctor or a dentist, and people are going to meet us during the, the business hours that we set. And because we recognize that the people who want to meet outside of business hours are, are people who are not very serious. And if they're not very serious, we're not even going to deal with them. And, and so uh, to, to get back to your question, yes, when we do a workshop, we try to go out of the office during the week or uh, in, during the day, and we'll go on a run or something like that to clear our heads before we go do the workshop that night. Um, and so we're really working, we're in the office from about 7.30 to 5.30 every day. And um, then we try to, to have our focus, we try to be present with our families and other activities that we've got going on at the other time so that we can stay balanced. That's awesome. And so it's pretty much a Monday through Friday typical week for you guys, but you have a lot of, uh, I'm going to call them boundaries around your time so that you get your, I like to call it quiet time, you get your spiritual time in the morning, you have thinking time, you have window time, so that when you start the day, you're not walking in trying to return three phone calls while somebody's sitting in the lobby waiting for the appointment. Yeah, we call it slowing down our world. And that's awesome. where we don't feel the chaos anymore because we've slowed down our world. In our buffer that. days, our buffer days are Fridays and and uh, and Mondays. Okay. We don't do any client appointments on Mondays. We don't do any client appointments on uh, Friday afternoons. Great, that's that's awesome. Wow, there's a lot of wisdom on this podcast. I'm, I really appreciate you guys doing this. T talk to me about the next twelve months or the next three years or however you guys want to look at. You know, looking out from today to a reasonable chunk of time, not like 10-year goals, but what, what do you think that with the momentum that you've created this year and where you guys see yourselves ending up, you know, this podcast will probably air um, sometime around August 15th or so. So we're, we're coming, coming into the last third part of the year before Christmas holidays come. Where do you guys see yourselves ending up the year? And then what momentum do you think is just going to launch you into next year? What do you, what do you see maybe in the next 12 to 18 months that you're real excited about? So in June, we, um, we, we set the goal to basically uh, double our business from last year. And in June, we hit um, last year's number. And so now from here on out, we're, we've surpassed um, last year's number. Uh, we should end up the year at about $40 million in annuity premium. Um, it's a little under where we want it to be, um, but we feel pretty good about that, and, and we're going to still push for it's as high. It's still a double in one year. still a double, <laughs> in, and that's what we have to remind ourselves is how amazing that is. Um, uh, next year, we're, we're in the process of, of – uh, we've written we've written a total of three books. We're in the process of writing a fourth um, that we want to have come out in 2016. Um, we also feel like from a marketing perspective that the last leg that we want to add um, is an online presence that's stronger than what we have. We feel like that our website is really good and when people come to our website, they can have a, a real comfort level. Advisors Excel has done a great job building out that website, but we want to create more of an online presence where we drive people um, to landing pages and things like that um, so that 
Uh, we feel like that that's the last marketing leg that we're looking at. And ultimately, Joel, we keep looking at you and saying that's where we want to be. Uh, so over the next year to 18 months, um, we want to we want to get to 100 million. And you know, Joel, we just want to say thank you. Um, you know, for us being a, sitting there, you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Um, you know, you just can't you don't get in the room with these type of people. I remember uh, sitting in Chicago and you're talking about 10 million in revenues and 150 million in assets. And really, uh, you know, here in Utah, we live in a high mountain desert. Uh, streams and reservoirs are really important. Uh, growing up, our, our dad grew up on a farm not far from Park City. Um, and, you know, there was this place on the farm called the Big Spring. And that was the one place it came right out of the mountain. Um, the neighboring farm was a cattle farm. You never wanted to drink downstream. You know, our dad taught us, look, you go to the, you go to the base of the mountain, you can get a drink right from the base of the mountain. And that's what it feels like being uh, here at Advisors Excel and part of the Rainmaker Evolution group and uh, is that we're drinking right from the source. I mean, there's just not very many people that you can get in a room that have these type of experiences. And for those of you who are like, oh man, this seems so overwhelming to, to try to implement TV and multiple workshops and add offices. I, I just kind of want to step back a little bit on our journey. You know, we've, we've had other businesses that we've scaled, but we wrote our first fixed indexed annuity in 2012. We did two and a half million in premium. Um, in 2013, we're like, man, there's some lakes to this thing. We need to push this. We did 13 and a half million. And then we met, we met Advisors Excel. Uh, 2014, we did 21 million. You know, like Tyson said, we'll, we'll be just over 40 million uh, this year. And, you know, when we look at 2016, the, the, the way being around this and, and what we're, we're thinking, we're saying, hey, why not us? You know, why not us uh, be a $100 million producer? Why not us be a billion-dollar producer? Joel, that's what we're waiting. We're waiting for you to hit that billion-dollar mark. Can you show us how to get there? So, somebody's going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. No, but that you know, that's so that's so correct that you know just being around you said borrow the belief of somebody else which is I think something I I said either from the stage at World Series of Sales or in that first in that first brainmaker session we had in Dallas but what was one of the keys for me and it sort of happened by accident is just you know I just have a lust for learning I just I want to learn I want to be around people I can learn from I want to be around people that have that are five or ten years ahead of me. And I was at this little conference with 15 producers in Florida, and I found out that the quietest guy in the room was doing like 70 million of annuity production. And I was probably at eight, seven or eight at that point. And it just something just clicked in my head. I don't know if I can do that, but if he can do that, I could probably do half that much. And yeah. If I wouldn't, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know if I'd be where I am now if I hadn't gone to that conference. But it's just being around people that are doing more. Or it doesn't have to be business. It doesn't have to be about money. It could be people that you admire from a spiritual standpoint. It could be somebody that you admire because they're a, um, um, a family man, a husband, a father um, that maybe you want to emulate or so on. But it's being around people where you can borrow their belief you know, I got a good buddy of mine north of here, Dylan Bond, who always jokes with me. He says, Joel, I don't want your stress, so I just try to do about one-fifth of what you're doing, and I'll have a great life. And, <laughs> and I, I, sometimes I envy him, but uh, 
But, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for being around the right people. But, but Joel, don't you feel like, um, I mean, don't you feel like, do you wake up sometimes in the morning and just pinch yourself? I mean, when you think back to that day when you're doing seven or eight million a year, and, and now here you are leading other people to just multiply and grow. Don't, I mean, don't you feel that freedom? Don't you feel that, that you're working actually less than you were? I'm working way less than I am, and, and I am, I am, as far as the stress level and the pressure that I feel, like I remember I used to walk into the firm, and this was probably five or six years ago, like 09, 2010, maybe even the beginning of 2011, and, and just with this mentality, I got to keep this thing going. All these people are depending on me. I got to keep this thing going. I got to keep this thing pushing. And I almost had this psyche of frustration, and, and that was even less stress than I had five years before that. Now, I feel like because I've trusted people, because I've, you know, set goals, I absolutely pinch myself sometimes. I mean, you know, I will go home today. We're having a company picnic at my house tomorrow. And uh, this firm is in great hands. I mean, it's in great hands. I'm going to take the next couple of weeks off. We're doing some college visits with my 17-year-old next week. Um, and the firm will go on its own. And it's just, it's an amazing thing. And it's not all because of me, that's for sure. I mean, some of it's because of faith and, and, you know, what my God, my higher power and the blessings there. Some of it's despite me. Some of it's because of the awesome team that we have. Um, but I absolutely feel very, very grateful. And, you know, being in the group, you know, I'm so honored to be able to facilitate this Rainmaker group because it just makes me realize, I hate to use the word how far I've come because it's not about me, but the, just the contrast when I've let go, the more I've let go and trusted other people, whether that's people at Advisors Excel, people at my broker dealer, people that are money managers that I talk to, or my people here at the office, uh, my key people, the better things get. And the less it becomes about me sitting in those meetings, selling every single person that walks in the door, the less it's about that and the more it's about building something that truly has an impact on the employees' lives and the customers' lives, uh, the better it gets. And I just hope I'm around for a long time to enjoy it. Well, and you so mentioned awesome. something that's really important um, that we kind of alluded to, but you kind of crystallized more, which is you really have to look back. You mentioned that you're, you're having this, this company picnic tomorrow at your home. Go, looking back at your successes, the last time we got together in Chicago, you mentioned how this is a race against ourselves. And, and we only need to compare ourselves to, instead of comparing ourselves to each other, let's just look at where we've come from. And I think too often we, we focus so much on the next goal that we don't spend the time celebrating what we've done and how awesome it is and how, how blessed we are. Yeah, living in that gap that yep. Dan Sullivan talks about as well. What, what do you think the tipping point for you was, Joel? When was it that it kind of like crystallized? You, you know, you, you said there, I think, a really important thing. When I let go and trusted other people, when do you think that kind of crystallized for you? When do you think that happened? I don't think it was one time. I think, I think there, were two, there were two things. One is it, it kind of happened out of fear. I was scared. I knew that we could build a big firm. But I was also very scared to have that firm totally dependent on me. Um, I, I almost didn't want that responsibility. So there was sort of this negative energy that became a very positive thing, which was, I know we can build this firm and it'll be real fun to build this big firm, but I've got to figure out a way to do it so it's not dependent on me. I don't want to fail my people. It, it was really kind of 
I mean, we can get into all kinds of psychology and stuff, but that was part of it. And, and so it was sort of an evolution at that point when I realized, hey, I'm a real good salesperson. I'm a pretty smart business guy. I'm a lifelong learner and I love to learn. And people seem to get behind me when I have a vision. So I guess I've got some either learned or innate leadership skills. And I'm really good with the older generation, um, which I'm getting a little close to now. But, you know, I'm really good with the 55, 65 and up crowd. And so just focusing on that and getting better and better at, at working in those areas and sort of just going where my gut felt like it needed to take me. The other thing is, it's a little bit of a game to me. I mean, I, this is, you know, Dan Sullivan talks about this. There's, there's this game of growth. There's this game of entrepreneurship where it, it doesn't, at some point, it's not about money anymore. Money is sort of the byproduct. But we're playing a game that, that I've found a game that I can win. Most of the time, I can win this game. You know, I was never good at sports. I wasn't good at a lot of things. I look at my boys and it's like, wow, you know, where did they get that talent? Because I sure wasn't good at that stuff. But I became, I figured out that I thought I could be really good at business. And so it was more of an evolution. I don't think it was one moment that things just took off. It was an evolution. But the keys absolutely have been getting outside this business and getting outside myself and listening and trying to learn. I think if people can develop uh, almost a healthy lust for learning and and then take that learning and just try stuff. Uh, I think a lot of producers that we talk to around the AE system would just grow by leaps and bounds. Yeah, we feel exactly the same way. No doubt. That's powerful. Thanks for sharing that, Joel. Well, guys, we're about to the end. Do you want to add any other thoughts? I mean, this this has been just awesome. There's there's so much here. I hope um, those of you listening, listen to this, you know, two and three times, listen to it in your car. I love listening to podcasts when I work out. I, I don't listen to music. I listen to podcasts. Um, anything else, Ryan or Tyson, you guys want to add before we wrap here? I think, I think just adding to what you just said about, um, being a lifelong learner and focusing, listening to podcasts, all these things, and then taking action on it though. That is the key. We can't underscore that enough. That's where Ryan and I, um, feel like the, our successes come from is because we see what other people are doing. We see the system that works, um, and then we implement it. And, and nothing can take its place from learning and then implementing, learning and then implementing. And sometimes you will fail, and that's okay because we learn from that as well. And I would just say, for those of you who are listening, believe in yourself. Have confidence. Um, if you're in this group and you're listening to this, you're already one of the best of the best. Believe it and act act that way. And as you do that, um, the sky's the limit. And uh, this is a unique process that's happening. And, and I think this group here is is the next generation of, of the leaders in the financial services industry, and it's fun to be a part of. We've never met better people than at Advisors Excel. And so last thing, Joel, thank you so much. Thanks for your energy. Thanks for uh, your passion and sharing this with us. We were just so grateful to, to, to be able to learn from you, and uh, we appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you, Joel. Well, thank you guys for being the guest today. You've helped a lot of people. You started out talking about uh, how you turned a bad attitude towards workshops and sort of did a little self-correct, and and um, that was the beginning of many changes you made this year. So I'm um, real proud to be at least a small part of that. And um, thanks so much for being with us today. Those of you listening to the podcast, we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, we will see you shortly, and uh, we'll sign off at this point.